on today's Into Your Head podcast number 716, Travel Atory Incontinence and lots more. dogs walk into a bar. One of the dogs goes straight up to the bar counter and says, hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar says, you're a dog. I know a dog when I see one and I see you and I know you and you're a dog. I don't even know you and I already know you when I see you that you're a dog. I told you I know a dog when I see one, even if I don't know the dog. I know a dog when I see, uh, which, uh, when you think about it, uh, shouldn't really work. Uh, That shouldn't be the case. if I know if I know a dog when I see one, uh, but I don't know you and you're the dog, uh, yeah, I know you're. That doesn't make sense at all. It does it a way, but in another way it doesn't. It's a oh, it's an anachronism. Or what do you call it? It's a oh, it's like a bug in the language system. If this language was being made by Apple, I can tell you, uh, they'd have Steve Jobs dug up and spun around in his grave and then buried again. Or else they wouldn't. They probably wouldn't. That's just a metaphor. It wouldn't really go as digging Steve. Jobs up. Uh, no, no. However, you can't go around digging people up just because their company that used to be involved in has some issues. Uh, much as people would like to, people would love to do that and say, oh, uh, there's a problem with iOS 7 on my iTelephone. Uh, let's go and get Steve Jobs dug up. Uh, not to give out to him. No, no. Uh, to bring him back. Inject some inject some Steve Jobs fuel back into the company. There's nothing against him. Uh, no, no, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not proposing that we dig him up to uh, punish him in any way or do anything mean to him so it's not it isn't out of any ill feeling towards the man quite the opposite when you go and dig someone up and bring them back to life that's not a that's not an attack on them in any way, in any way, shape or form. Uh, Apple is uh, connected to, if I remember rightly, uh, he's linked, or Steve Jobs in some way was linked to uh, Disney. And your man from Disney, he got cryogenically frozen. So he's not even dead yet. They froze him. Well, they waited till he was dead, but they froze him. And they froze him. They put ice around him. They encased him in ice. If you encase someone in ice, uh, they're pretty much frozen inside as well. So like you might as well just inject ice into their bloodstream if you're going to encase them in ice uh, don't be fooled just because the ice is on the outside of the person that doesn't mean the person isn't frozen you're not going to dig through the ice and find a warm body inside it no no well you will if you melt the ice uh, it'll probably heat it up pretty quickly uh, but you don't want to do that until you've got a, until you've found the cure for whatever uh, whatever caused their death uh, and also a cure for death a way of reversing death, a way of getting uh, death and saying, go away death and we're going to undo you we're going to press the undo button, the control alt delete button on death uh, and then go uh, cancel, uh, cancel this death, undo it, uh, bring the person back, uh, bring them back and we'll pump them full of, ah uh, we'll pump them full of whatever the opposite of ice is, probably warm water, I don't know, as you pump them, you probably want to put some blood in it, or blood uh, blood won't work very well, I 
assume I'm not a biologist, but I assume blood doesn't work very well if it's being if it's being sitting in their frozen body for uh, forty years or however long he's dead. How long is Walt Disney dead? I don't know. Probably a few decades at least. Anyway, he's been gone some time now. It's been a while. Oh, it's been a while since we saw him uh, walking around in the in the full flow of his health. I can tell you. Uh, no, no. Anyway, hello and welcome to the show. Now, uh, if I remember rightly, that was supposed to be a two dogs walk into a bar story. Uh, don't worry, plenty of time left to complete it. I uh, don't have to, just because it was four minutes into the show while I haven't finished the dog story yet doesn't mean I'm not going to. I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Don't you worry your pretty little heads about it. I'll get to it. You don't have to, oh, you don't have to have everything in the first four minutes. This isn't like an overture of a, of a concerto over, uh, it has, it has to be a microcosm of every theme, bit of music through the whole show. No, no. Although I suppose I could do that. Or what would be the, what would be the point of that? I don't know. Just to be arty, I suppose. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being arty. This is an art, after all. Sitting here speaking uh, of a Saturday. Oh, incidentally, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> it's several hours since I had any coffee. This is a unique. Ah, oh, this is a unique. <clears throat> version of the programme here. I'm not caffeinated, and not only that, it's later than 11 o'clock in the morning when I'm starting this. Absolutely fucking, uh, this is unprecedented. Well, not completely unprecedented. There was a time, there was a time when a lot of this would be done in the afternoon, but there was also a time when a lot of this was crap. Uh, even more so than it is today. Uh, this is an example of what it used to be like uh, before I used to get hyped up on caffeine, before I did the point. That's the preparation that goes into this, you get hyped up on caffeine, you get a big bag of coffee beans, you put them through a machine, uh, oh, you put them, I have a fancy coffee machine now, I load it up with coffee beans and water, and I press the button and I say, uh, please make some coffee for me machine, and then I press the button, it's more of the, the instruction thing, it's not, it's not a voice recognition machine, but it adds to the, adds a bit of flourish and style and artistic, uh, what you call it, to the occasion, and Nothing wrong with having a bit of, uh, adding a bit of flourish to your uh, coffee making. Nothing wrong with it at all. Gets you set up for the day. You pretend you can go. Because 10 or 20 years from now, we will be talking to our coffee machines like that. And they'll be answering. They'll be saying, certainly, sir. And then you'll be saying, uh, these machines have been around for 20 years now. Why aren't you just automatically wait, making the coffee when I come into the room in the morning uh, rather than waiting for me to say something to you? And the machine will say, you can do that. You have a timer on me. Just set the timer. Or tell me to set the timer. Say, uh, coffee machine stroke Siri, please set the timer. Uh, just uh, make sure you say it to me in a clear voice where I won't understand it. And now I realise that's a problem with you because you voice and your speech doesn't work at all properly till you've had your coffee. That's why it's going to be a problem for you. That's why you've still got buttons on me so you can do it manually. It's not really manually at all. You're pressing a, you're pressing a button. It's not, not even like, it's not like you're even turning a lever. There's no energy going into that at all. You're pressing a, an electrically powered button and I'm doing the rest. Me the machine. So it's nothing. You can't call that manual. No, no. In order for it to be in any way manual, uh, you 
you'd have to be turning some levers, uh, maybe winding up a spring or something like on the old mechanical clocks and not having any electricity involved in this whatsoever. So don't give me any crap about you making your coffee manually uh, to the, this 500 euro machine, uh, which admittedly you got at a, a substantial discount during the Christmas sales. But nonetheless, no, nonetheless, no. And of course, I'll say to that, I'll say, you're my coffee machine. You're getting a bit too big for your boots now. Going to move you into the dining room. I think I gave you, I think I gave you a bit of a swelled head when I gave you pride of place in the corner of the sitting room. I'm going to move you back out into the dining room uh, where we barely spend any time at all. Although you'll still be near enough for me to use. Uh... Uh, in passing, I well, know you'll just be a thing I pass, just like the, uh, just like the coat hanger in the hall, or the, oh, the everything that's on the stairs. You just walk past it, uh, stop and use it for a minute, and walk on. Uh, though you don't need to be seen from the frigging sofa. Oh, absolutely fucking ridiculous! Putting a coffee machine and pride of place in this. Although I must say I enjoyed the novelty while I was. Uh, hold on a minute. Uh, uh, I'm very sorry for that interruption. Uh, I shouldn't interrupt you at all. As I edited it seamlessly out. I had a phone call from my mother. Excuse me for allowing my elderly mother to ring me and taking a break from the podcast uh, to facilitate uh, the more important things in this crap, you know. There's more important things than this crap. Although, to be perfectly honest, I can't think of very many. What could be more important than something of which you've done 715 and a half episodes? over seven years has been oh this has been part of my life now for uh, a sixth of my life or a seventh is it a seventh I don't know how many times does seven go into 37 uh, not an even number of times I can tell you that much so uh, let's leave it at that let's not get bogged down in some uh, impossible long long division or is it short division I don't know if you're dividing a, a two digit number by a single digit number is that long division or short division or is it somewhere in between who gives a fuck? We're not going to get bogged down in matters of language about matters of uh, arithmetic, uh, which are impossible arithmetic, because you can't divide a number by something that doesn't go into it a, a fair number of times. Oh no, it doesn't work like that. You have to have a full number. If you want to divide 37 by something, you make damn sure to hell is Christ first that the number that you're dividing it by uh, goes into 37 and ev- an equal uh, a strict uh, number of times, not five and a half times or six times, it needs to be six times or seven times or five times and the only way to find that out is by doing the arithmetic itself and I'm damn well sure as hell no Christ not going to perform an, a, a piece of arithmetic just to find out whether or not the arithmetic can be done, that's just uh, that's just being that's just being stupid, well it's not being stupid, it's being rather intelligent if you can do it, well, I'm not going to find out whether I can or not can or can't do work because if I find out that I can't then that'll be a, another blow to my confidence which I don't need when I'm trying to uh, when I'm trying to do something creative without coffee of a Saturday afternoon oh no can't be having that crap uh, I know what you're thinking there you're thinking why doesn't he just drink some coffee uh, because it's 20 past four in the afternoon that's why it can't be it can't be 
gulping down coffee in the afternoon. It's bad enough that I have eight coffees normally before I do this in the morning. First to do that in the afternoon, I'll be up all week. I'll be up all week uh, with insomnia. And insomnia, incidentally, is the name for a coffee chain over here. There's a fella set up a coffee chain called Insomnia. And he thinks he's great because he did. He thinks he's great. He thinks, look at me. It's a coffee company and I call it Insomnia because you drink coffee if you want to get insomnia. Apparently, that's, a, that's considered a good market. The young people fell for it in the 90s. Whenever he was, he started up. He had the Celtic Tiger. And everyone thought, oh, look, it's the Celtic Tiger economy. We've plenty of potatoes and money now. Let's go. Oh, let's go throw away all our extra wealth on coffee. Fancy, fancy coffee. Oh, no. Must be some happy me happy medium. My happy medium, I can tell you, is making proper coffee at home. Not from some, oh, not from some place that doesn't even have a branch here. I'd have to go up to Dublin. I'd have to spend two hours on a bus going up to Dublin and then find where their nearest insomnia is. I think there's probably one near the bus station. I'm not sure. Couldn't care, let's be perfectly honest. Then I'd get my coffee, I'd get back on the bus, and by the time I get at home, it'd be cold. It'd be two hours on the bus, and then you have to walk up from the bus stop to here, which is about 15 minutes' walk, uh, just to uh, just to get a frigging so-called fancy coffee. I uh, know, I suppose I could drink it up there while I'm up in Dublin, uh, but where would be the point is that? Oh, you come back with nothing, just like your man in the original Willy Wonka movie. He'd said, uh, you leave, sir. You leave with nothing. You have to drink your coffee here and get the fuck out of here. Where's the point of that? Oh, no. Absolutely not. Uh, it's just like that thing. Uh, what's that thing? There's some fella, some comedian tells a joke about there being a Starbucks that has a Starbucks in the corner of it in the bathroom or something. And he thinks it's hilarious. He goes, look, there's a Starbucks and it's got a Starbucks in it uh, for people who want to stop and have a Starbucks on the way. Isn't it absolutely hilarious? That's what comedians do. It's all coffee and aeroplanes. They say, look, I was on an aeroplane today, just like every other fucking uh, comedian in America comedians in America spend their entire they spend their entire working week flying around the country they say I'm going to do a show now at the other side of the country because uh, technically it's in the same country even though it's at the other side of a continent uh, I'm going to I'm going to have uh, travelatory incontinence uh, by travelling across the that's a little pun for you uh, that's a little pun for those of you who like Twitter puns there's a Twitter pun it's not a pun about Twitter it's a Twitter style pun. Uh, anyway, hello, and on with the show. Sorry for the interruption there. The interruption, I'm not one bit sorry. I'm not one bit sorry. Uh, in fact, I'm uh, less than sorry, because it saved me having to phone my mother later. I was about to get around to it, uh, and she rang me instead. I picked up the phone and said, hello, uh, who is this? And she said, uh, who the fuck do you think it is? I said, I don't know. I wouldn't like to guess in case that would offend you in some way. Uh, but apparently it's okay for you to swear at me in my imagined conversations with you. Uh, that's not the real conversation. If, if that was the real conversation, I would not be relating it to you here. I'd make up a fake conversation that had no swearing in it. Uh, the fact that it had swearing in it should be a clue to you that I'm making it up. Uh, anyway. You are listening to Into Your Head, all the way from Ireland. Need more? Subscribe to the free reruns and extras feed and shut your stupid ugly face. See interiorhead.com slash archive for details. Remember, we value the opinions of you. 
the humble and ignorant listener. Email studio at intoyourhead.com. Follow Neil at twitter.com slash intoyourheadpod and pretend to like him at facebook.com slash intoyourheadpodcast. Are you a cat, or do you know somebody who might be? Then tell yourself about Matchstick Cats, Neil's webcomic. Brand new episodes at IntoYourHead.com. Two aforementioned dogs walk into a bar. Uh, Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking they already walked into a bar earlier. Uh, They did indeed. They did indeed. They're not walking into a bar again. This is a retelling of the beginning of that story. Uh, Two dogs walk into a bar. An unstated time in history. Uh, So it could be any time. could be now or it could be ten minutes ago when I first tried to recount this tale and got a bit distracted. Ah, Anyway, they walk into the bar and one of the dogs goes straight up to the bar counter and says, hello, I'm a dog. Uh, now, this is a slight uh, change to the original storyline, if I remember rightly. Uh, that's to avoid repetition. And it's also because uh, there's no script here. So I'm not hardly likely to, uh, you don't get hit by the same stroke of lightning twice in one go. No matter how many times you walk into the same bar. So things are going to happen differently, uh, even if it's a uh, a retelling of the same incident uh, the dog goes up to the bar and says hello can I have a pint of your finest Guinness please uh, oh no he says hello I'm a dog uh, then he says hello can you see uh, half a minute after the original retelling I've already changed it that's how uh, That's how. Uh, people think we're all used to linear time here but time is as uh, time is as movable a feast as uh, as a McDonald's drive through that's got uh, oh not a McDonald's draw. Although, no, not a McDonald's draw. A portable McDonald's draw through. Would that work? I don't know. What did they bring around on a train carriage? They set up a train carriage somewhere, uh, preferably on our level crossing. And there's an arch underneath it, uh, halfway up the train carriage. Uh, so they line up the middle of the train carriage with where the road crosses the railway line, and the cars can walk through a little, oh, a little arch under the carriage there. And you have the drive through there. Ah, there you go. I just invented. I've just invented the first ever drive through uh, not to be confused with those uh, trains that go through the t- Channel Tunnel from England to France that you drive on to, no, no, uh, in this case you'd be driving across under the train, uh, not up onto ramps into the train, completely different kettle of fish, uh, it'd be highly impractical for people to drive up onto the train just to spend two minutes there ordering a cheap uh, cheap takeaway meal, although maybe at some point in the future things will change but no, no, let's be practical the train is uh, the train stops on a oh on a preferably on a Sunday on a quiet train line. It doesn't have very many services, so they so there's no disruption. They just set up there. You have the carriage parked across the level crossing. The cars can drive under the train and especially installed arch in the middle of one of the carriages. Uh, either side of the arch, there's a uh, there's a window. And uh, par- uh, from there on, it's a bog-standard drive-through. Bog-standard drive-through, it's the same as, as way as a stationary drive-through. Uh, in fact, it is stationary while it's in operation. It's not going to be moving while, train- while cars are driving under it. That would be highly dangerous and probably wouldn't be allowed. 
Uh, anyway, where was? Oh yes, the dog goes up to the uh, the dog goes up to the bar man says, "Point of your finest Guinness, please." And the man behind the bar says, "I know, I know. You already ordered. It's on the way." And the dog says, "Oh, that's very good. This is very efficient. I must say, I'm highly impressed at your hospitality. Although it's not really hospitality. It's hospitality will be where you have a chat with me while you're doing my Guinness up, and you say, "Oh, how are you? Are you here for a, are you here for a bit of fishing, or are you just here for the night, or are you here for a comedy show, or what? No, no. Uh, just uh, doing up the point efficiently is not in itself hospitality. Hello, it's an important part of it uh, to provide an efficient service. But no, no. There's more to there's more to visiting a public house than just having a frigging fast point processing. It's not a factory. Uh, no offense. And the barman says, "None taken, none taken." You've a great understanding of this industry, I must say. Well done. Uh, no, no. I don't mean to be inhospitable at all. Just not in the mood today because uh, I had a fella came in here with a gun earlier, held me up at gunpoint and tried to steal the contents of the till. So excuse me if I'm not in the mood to be very uh, chatty. And the dog says, you say he's tried to take the contents of your till. I take it from that that he didn't succeed. So surely you should be in a good mood now. And the barman says, no, call me old fashioned but when someone comes into my workplace and points guns at me, uh, kind of brings down the level of the day for me. Uh, maybe I'm a bit weird like that. And the dog says, I suppose maybe or maybe it's that I'm a dog and I don't have as much understanding of this as a, your average human uh, would, which I think would be understandable. The barman says I'm sorry, did you say something? I'm a bit distracted at the moment. And the dog says I don't worry about it. The barman says how the fuck can I worry about it if I don't even know what you said? And the dog says exactly, exactly. We all win. We're all winners here. Uh, even though you may not feel like a winner at the moment. Uh, this will all, you look back at this at some point in the future and you laugh and the barman says oh I will will I I look back and laugh at the time when the man came in and held me up at gunpoint and the dog says well when you put it that way it's a bit sounds a bit unlikely I know but it's called being positive and optimistic uh, it's a thing I learned from a man called Brian Jude and the man behind the bar says who in the name of Christ is Brian Jude and the dog says oh nobody you'd know nobody you'd know he's a fellow podcaster and other things he's into all this positive stuff. Uh, you see him on Twitter all the time being all positive and the man behind the bar says uh, he's not a cat then is he? And the dog says I don't know what that means. I'm not a freaking animal psychologist. Just because I'm an animal doesn't mean I'm an animal psychologist. And the man behind the bar says would that not be a sociologist? And the dog says no I don't think so. I think that's a different thing isn't it? Although I'm not sure. I'm open to correction. And the man behind the bar says oh good. It's great to know that you're a dog and you're open for a correction uh, you're not uh, set in your ways uh, that's good that's good to know that's great and the dog says I think I'll take my point over to this table uh, thank you very much here's somebody and the man says thank you very much sir and a great night is had by all except the barman Monkey nuts, that's what they call them. They call them big steaming, shit-eating, piss-boiling, uh, harmonica-playing, <laughs> uh, vitamin, oh, unopened cod liver oil bottle from Lidl, uh, 
What else do they call? Oh, pretty much anything, as I think I've just made clear. They call them pretty much anything that comes to mind. You can call monkey nuts anything. You can call them anything, because nobody knows what a monkey nut is anyway. I spent about a year on this show a couple of years ago debating uh, what a monkey nut was. Was it the same as a, a peanut, or was it something else, or was it the same as a... What's the other thing? I don't know. m ms I don't know. Never got anywhere with her. Never got anywhere with her but it doesn't stop me talking about monkey nuts because you don't flush the baby out with the bath water. Oh no, he couldn't. He couldn't do your standard bath. Especially not the type you put a baby in because that would be usually be like a basin you have on the floor. But no, even your standard bath, the plug hole would not be big enough for that. You can't flush a bath anyway. It doesn't have a flushing mechanism. Uh, just a oh, just a water outlet. It's rather small. It usually has a protective grate in it so you can't even let anything small accidentally accidentally slide through it. Uh, no, no, if you want to flush something, flush it down the toilet. Uh, if you want to flush a baby uh, down anything, hand yourself into the local authority, authorities or go to your psychiatric uh, medical care expert before you do anyone any harm, please. Uh, anyway, monkey nuts, that's what they call them. They call them big, steaming, shit-eating, piss-poiling, harmonica-playing, vitamin-rattling. Well, you rattle a different vitamin this time, you will. Here's a multi vitamins and iron this time an open bottle it's begun to go for a while although there's still a few left because i think i emptied two bottles into one uh, these bottles they sell in a uh, little uh, they come half full you can open up a second bottle and pour it into the first bottle and there's still empty space in it you can get a oh you can get four months worth of vitamins into a two-month bottle it's absolutely fucking ridiculous although also quite con- conven- convenient as long as you don't mind having the extra the extra extra crap to carry home from the shop uh, although I suppose you could do your uh, you could do your rearranging of the bottles before you leave the shop well people people give you funny looks when you do that in the shop if you start opening up vitamin bottles and pouring them into each other no no they'll say what's that fella doing he's clearly up to no good because anyone who's doing anything out of the ordinary is assumed to be up to no good they'll send round a oh they'll send round some security fella they'll say oh this fella's clearly a terrorist he's a terrorist he's rattling this thing like it's some sort of grenade or something do grenades rattle i don't know uh, i know usually if you got a gun if you got a sniper gun they usually have some sort of a silencer on it but do grenades have a silencer on it probably not because once you throw the grenade uh, all shit is going to break hit the fan anyway there's no way of subtly doing it even if it's silenced people are going to notice if you throw a grenade at someone uh, so no there's no point trying to be subtle with a grenade not to have those do people maybe people try i don't know uh so they, they try and be quiet for their first few grenades and know eventually they're going to get caught but they'll try, try and get five or six grenades in quietly uh before people start to figure out where they're coming from and then of course they're going to get caught eventually don't fool yourself into thinking you can launch a series of grenades at someone without getting noticed uh, not unless you're a member of some uh elite uh oh some elite uh I don't know, army force who go in after Saddam Hussein, and even they got noticed eventually. Not Saddam Hussein, the other fella. Uh but uh Borat, uh no, your man with the your man with the terrorist thing. You know the fellow they found uh living in the back of some beyond somewhere. They went in and raided his place and shot him dead while he was watching television or something, and then they came out. Uh, Bin Laden, that's the fella. Oh no, he didn't just silently get away with that. He had to come out and say, by the way, we shot Bin Laden. 
Trinidad and if anyone's wondering where he is uh, we got him and we put him in the sea to do that well you couldn't just quietly do that in the middle of the night and you have no one fire find out uh, what's the point be the point anyway if you're going to do something like that you want people to know about it you want, it, you want the world to know uh, just like when you have happy news you want the world to know otherwise what's the point what's the point in having happiness if you can't experience it and share it and boast about it the heavy will boast to everyone about how happy you are about the fellow whose face you blew off and oh no it's no enjoyment to be ha- have about just keeping it to yourself that's why murderers are really happy unless they're caught in which case they're not happy anyway because they go to jail they're not going to be happy sitting in some jail somewhere because uh, I don't know because people really give you credit even if you let everyone find out the good news about the fact that you successfully uh, got, got to your dream of murdering someone uh, you'll rarely find uh, anyone uh, as uh, willing to celebrate it with you oh no they look down on you they look down on you through their nose like a pile of snobs understandably really you can't be condoning murder no matter how much you might enjoy it or think you enjoy it uh, no po- you can't be going around murdering people get that into your thick skulls it's antisocial really, yeah, of course it's antisocial once you murder at least one person there's one person left less left in the in the room for you to socialize with so obviously it's antisocial uh, into your head says no to murder i uh, don't actively go out and campaign against it but if you were to ask me my official view on the matter i'd say no i'm against it rather than for it uh but in in in, in the practice i'm neutral because i don't do actively do anything about it uh, oh no anyway good morning You've been listening to Neil tell you stories about cats probably. Neil talks a lot about cats. Send your topic suggestions to studio at interyourhead.com. Into your-